Yeah, I used to say, if my great-grandmother could see me now, she'd say, why aren't you married? Hey, welcome back, friends. Hello, one and all. Anna, how are you doing? Cola, we are week eight, baby. I feel great. I didn't even mean to rhyme. Uh, I feel great. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, yeah, doing good, feeling good. You know, is your things are is your sky normal yet? Or you know what's so funny? You mentioned that because I just opened my blinds not that long ago, and this is the first time in like days that I can see uh, the LA skyline from my window. Because oh. normally it's been like so smoggy um, and fire. I'm debating getting a, a uh, an air purifier, but I think maybe I'm just gonna ride this one out and save the money. <laughs> We're gonna try. We're gonna just try to breathe in the shit air for in the meantime. <laughs> but all right, that sounds good. I mean, like, here's my thought. I mean, yes, smoke is very bad for your lungs, but do you ever think about like those days where you rode the subway and you're underground and there is just no oxygen and you just know you're breathing in everybody else? A hundred percent. Or when. You're like on the street in the city and like one of those like big old trucks, like just like you see the exhaust fume of like a big giant black cloud and you have no, no place to go, but to inhale it. Like, oh, I a thousand percent think about how much damage we've done to our lungs. Like, (laughs) yeah, even, uh, yeah, even like in our high school, like, wasn't there at one point someone said like they had to like close off a wing because of asbestos that had to be like updated like like come on (laughs) we 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 were not we're i would argue that we're brooklyn tough only because like all these other things didn't kill us yet (laughs) brooklyn strong i found rats in my apartment the feces was bad but it's fine (laughs) yeah that's that's why we're brooklyn strong is because we haven't died yet by all the very 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 close very close encounters when I moved into my first apartment in Queens, I uh, was li- was going to be living with two dudes for the first time, and that place just looked like shit. And the bathroom, which I, as soon as I moved in, I cleaned right away, had a window, and from the bottom of the window was just a wall of what I assume was black mold <laughs> that I just took. I mean, like, honestly, like, I know this is ill-advised. Probably you should definitely call somebody if you see that kind of mold, because that will kill you. Uh, and you know, we don't know one day it might, um, we don't know what's happening, but I took like a knife. I had a pocket knife and I just scraped it all off the tile. (laughs) And then I made that fucking bathroom shine. I wish I took a before picture so you could see how good I I made the after look. Our ancestors are so proud of you. The women in our families are thrilled by how well you cleaned that bathroom. Yeah. I used to say, if my great grandmother could see me now, she'd say, why aren't you married? (laughs) I actually got that text message today. I uh, wished my cousin a happy anniversary and he responded when you get married and I looked at it and I had many ways in which I wanted to respond, but I just settled for the good old LOL. That was my response. <laughs> get off. I, did I talk about this on here yet? That my way to tell people to mind your business or to fuck off is to say, get off my stoop. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay, that's definitely a good get off my stoop. I know. I, sh- I should have responded that in hindsight. I should have. But yeah, I'm gonna. I need to start using it more. And then when people ask what, because clearly that doesn't make any sense in normal conversation. I'm just, just don't explain it. Just start talking about the next thing. I've been saying a lot lately. I'll pray for you. Oh, I love that. That's my response to like people. I just feel like I just can't with anymore. I just go. I'll pray for you. I'm going to let God deal with you, remember? I'm going to let God deal with you. I did it the other day (laughs) on a tweet. I was just like, I was like, I'm going to pray for y'all. Because I just, it's just the easiest way of just reminding myself that I don't have control over the situation. And maybe, maybe God does. Maybe there's a, yeah, maybe somebody else can help you, but it sure is fucking me. Yeah. Yeah. I've also seen y'all need Jesus, which is really funny to me, but. I know. I always love the y'all need Jesus. That and like. Oh my god, my my friend actually told me a really funny one recently. He uh he so he like works in the entertainment industry, but like Broadway entertainment. So like we're talking a whole different type of like artist and how they how they like how they approach their professionalism. So he said one of the things that they'll like a caddy potentially person will say to another is love your hair, hope you win. 
like it's like, yeah, it's like a like a way of just basically being like, "Bitch, fuck off!" And so, oh my god! Ever since then, I also love that one. Uh, yeah, he texted to me and was like, "Listen to this drag." And ever since then, I just I'm always just like, "Oh, love your hair. Hope you win." It's so interesting because I feel like people outside of New York, like um, my friend is from Texas, and she will tell me that you know when people want to like really get at you, they'll say something like, "Bless your heart," oh, and I'm yeah. just like. Oh, that like that like, and I've heard her say it, or I've heard like people from Texas or like the South that say that as like a like a drag or burn. Like I was just like, oh, it really does get different. It's like scathing, and like I just like I aspire to be that petty. (laughs) Like (laughs) that is the level I aspire to be that that petty for sure. I would. Uh, bless your heart. Either that or when I was in Texas, I lived in Texas for a couple of months. My favorite thing I ever learned right. was Jesus be a fence. Not Jesus be real. <laughs> Jesus be a fence. Like, oh and, my and God. It was from this like old, uh, old like lady who had worked at the university for like, that I was working at for like fucking, like, I'm going to say like 40 years. She was like a born and raised Texas girl. And someone like called her on the phone, a parent called bitching about something. And she just literally just, like took the phone like the like the mouthpiece and like pressed it up to her chest and just went jesus be a fan like in like the biggest (laughs) accent i'd ever heard in my entire life and i was like what does that even mean and she's like she's like it is like telling jesus to literally be my guard and barrier so that i don't like jump through this phone and physically attack this woman or like be the guy be the filter be the feds like oh so that is amazing. I know. I love that one. Too. That's like, I guess that's kind of how like, we're like, God help me. Yep. You know? Yep. It is. It is my favorite. <laughs> that phrase is just really funny though. I'm going to try to incorporate that in my day to day. Jesus be offense. Jesus be offense. Oh. Should I call the episode that? I might. Oh, that's actually a great idea. I'm glad I can. I'm glad I can help these like little authentic moments occur. I love it. In our, in our, um, should we jump into our thoughts on uh we have some thoughts yes you are very excited about yours for this week what's going I'm on so excited so uh as many of mets fans may know the Wilpons, the Wilponsies, as they are sometimes referred to classic new york white collar criminals horrible owners of the mets for basically my entire life i've known no other owners of my favorite baseball team that i live and die by mm-hmm other than the Wilpons. And I found out that they finally sold this team to a billionaire named Steve Cohen. And this man, I am just over the moon because this man has so much money and like, I hate billionaires and I hate millionaires, millionaires, but boy, do I love the one that's about to spend all this money on my baseball team. Just buying up all these. Oh, oh, and the sports writers are having like a field day with it too. I read an article today that was like, could the Mets purchase Aaron Judge from the Yankees? And I'm just like, mm, yes, give me those articles because they're going to make all these Yankee fans out there unnecessarily salty, <laughs> like two years removed, like two years away from what's when this might actually happen. But it's just so much fun knowing that like the Mets finally, hopefully, like, will have someone who's going to spend money. Like, New York is a big market team. You need an owner that's going to spend money. Like, the Yankees spend money. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, we should not be, the way the Mets have been spending money for the past couple years, or, like, since forever, I guess, since the Wilpons have owned them, is like a team operating out of Kansas. And no offense to Kansas, because we all know some of those small market teams have stomped all over the Mets, mm-hmm. but we are New York. We have a big, we should have a big payroll we should be like at the top of this market. And finally, after all this suffering, I think this winter, hopefully, I might actually get some relief. I pray you do. I know, so I know nothing about this. I would agree though with everything you've said thus far for the sole fact that New York, like we're high, like we're we're a big name brand. Like, so you need to have big money to back that name brand regardless, especially the Mets, right? Like the Mets are like, you're like you're underdogs. yeah you're underdogs like that and that's what I think is a lot of what New York is about like the spirit of New York is like just tell us we won't and we can so yeah oh I love that yeah so I think I I'm so hopeful for the Mets fans in my life I always want so much good things for you all because I've never seen 
more like you you like I've heard people say like show me a Met fan and I'll show you someone who loves like misery and I'll I'm always like show me a Met fan and I'll show you someone who's loyal as fuck Ugh. like I'm so glad you see it that way because I always joke that I am a masochist <laughs> um and I like pain so I purposely like teams I I almost like and I know that part, it definitely exists in me because when the Mets are like really fucking up, I just lean into it more. And I'm like, yes, like I won't even turn off the game when they're losing like 14, nothing. I'm like, I want to sucker. Like, <laughs> I want to see this until the very fucking end. That is, that is, I mean, it's not sadistic. What is it? Masochist? It's masochistic. I want to make shirts that say I'm a Metsochist. <laughs> Don't steal our idea. <laughs> I've been tweeting about this for like the longest time. So trust me, I'm sure somebody's already all over That's it. That's fair. But well, I'm so, uh, so yeah. happy for you. When, wait, do, what do we know about this Cohen fella? Just that he has a lot of money. Well, he's probably a garbage human. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely not a good person. He's a billionaire. Like, but you know, he's right now he's the billionaire. Like I said, that's going to spend money on my baseball team. So I'm like, yes, we love this. Um, <laughs> we love this billionaire. Um, God, it's not my joke, so I don't want to steal it. But one of uh, one of my friends on Twitter, uh, I have to find it. I think I want to say her name was like Katie. She tweeted something like this was when they thought the sale was going to go through and then fell through initially. Mm-hmm. She tweeted something like originally I'm like, ew, capitalism, disgusting. I hate billionaires. And then it's like billionaire to buy my baseball team. Yes, daddy, I'm a slut for <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> And that is honestly like the most accurate feeling of what it feels like right now. Um, apparently, it'll be finalized in November, hopefully. Wasn't, so twenty three. Wasn't Jennifer what? Lopez supposed to like buy the Mets? Like, wasn't this like there was a bunch of people, they were yeah. like even I think like Dave Portnoy like was supposed to go in on it with them. The guy from Barstool, like. Yeah, real glad that fucking guy didn't get in. But um, yeah, A-Rod and J-Lo were definitely contending for it. And it was just, would have been, that would have been so, that would have also been very satisfying to me because they are like Bronx icons, yep. I feel. And yep. nothing would make me, and that thing would amuse me more than them having purchased the other team in New York. <laughs> um, that is true. But uh, to make it final, the 23 of the 29 uh, owners of the other teams have to approve the sale, okay. which I always thought was like really weird. But apparently it's something that they do. Hopefully, I mean, it usually doesn't come up and cause a problem. So by November, everything should be finalized and we'll be spending all our money this winter. And I can't wait. I'm thrilled for you. Let this be the the official prayer for all the Mets fans across the world. I I hear you. I stand with you. And I hope your team finally wins. <laughs> Thank you. We love the support. You're um, so speaking of uh, New York, one of the other things we we kind of talked about a little bit offline before was, so New York City, Mayor de Blasio, this is, I mean, oh my God. actually my tweet about this is blowing up right now. So I'm really excited to share it with you all. Uh, but so he is foregoing, Mayor de Blasio said that he's going to, him and his entire office, so the whole mayor office, uh, is going to be furloughing themselves for a week because of the budget crisis New York is currently in due to everything, you know, with coronavirus, whatnot going on. And uh, I read that, you know, there's a $9 billion deficit that the New York City budget is facing right now. And so his furlough for a week's pay, collectively, everyone, it's going to save the them all about a million dollars, I think is what the article said. Like, just for the week, a million dollars is what the budget will save. But this motherfucker... His fu- his one week furlough is going to be contributing five thousand dollars back to that total. He makes over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, if I was a New York taxpayer, I would be livid. Like, honestly, I am, and I'm not a New York taxpayer anymore. Like, I am for you all, but like, re fucking Joyce. Like, look at this martyr. How heroic of you to go out on a limb and forego one week of your entire salary. Like, oh, let's put a fucking statue in your name. Why don't we? Like. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like, I, I, it's just, I don't know how we can keep having people like this, especially in New York, like these, like these people in these offices who just like, don't know how to read the room. I also like, does he like, is he getting as much flack as he deserves for this? Because he should. No, he's getting praised for this. That's insane. Like, I, I would like it. 
honestly, like if he's going to do something like this, like what, how long can you furlough? Like, uh, like you personally, sir, Mr. de Blasio, like how long can you be on furlough that would actually like get to a point where like, okay, like now I'm not okay. You know, like I'm sure this guy's got fucking savings out the asshole. Like why does, you know, like, well, I mean, so even so it's like, there's so many more things that our taxpayer money goes towards helping him with. Right. So like travel, his car, his house, like there are things, there are these like supplemental perks that like we contribute towards. So your $5,000 back to us is like kind of shit. And I'm not saying like, let's make the man poor. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I think I'm saying that. (laughs) You'd be poor. You'd be poor for a couple months and then you could have your job back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think you need really, you need to know what it's like to be poor in New York city. They always say that's the only way to really get the full New York experience (laughs) is living poor. Yeah. Like I, I also, I don't know about you, but it's like kind of like skeeves me out on such a deep level when there's like these politicians especially like new york city politicians who are kind of like i'm just like you but like they like ride the subway in like that one ad or they like take a cab or like eat like a like eat like a dollar slice at like this one-off pizzeria it's like they're trying so hard to relate to us like those always kind of skeeve me out but Anyway, I'm not saying I want the man to be poor. I'm just saying that if we're facing a $9 billion deficit and you can forego more than a week's salary without hurting when the rest of your city, especially like we've talked about this, our restaurant workers, our food service industry people, like they're they're struggling. A week without pay, like $5,000 to them would like completely set them up maybe for like the next month or two. Whereas like you're going oh, yeah. a week without five this five thousand dollars. Like it just again, it's like, can you just fucking read the room? Like there are literally people. Um I was like actually reading something about this, about like what like there was something that was about like how the revolution's not gonna be it's not gonna be peaceful, is like essentially what the article was talking about. I have to like find out where it yeah. was. But essentially it's like it's the the bigger your gap is basically, and it's not from people who don't have money and, and have money. It's really people who don't have food versus people who have all this money for food, right? So the gap yeah. is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And eventually people are just going to say like, especially because there's more of the people who don't have food than the people who have money for food. Eventually, like, right. they're just going to fucking uprise. And it's just like these situations where I look at it as I'm like, you think you're a fucking martyr for foregoing one week? Like, how about all the industry workers, the food industry workers who had to forego almost two months with no other way of having food that are still somehow surviving? Like, access right. to food, like their jobs, right? Like, it's, I I understand more and more every day why they're, that, like, graffiti that says, like, eat the rich makes so much more sense to me every, yeah. every day. Like, I think about it at least yeah. once a day. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that was my... My big, we have some some thoughts for the week. That, and I also think I, I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I saw it the other day, and I sent it to you. There was a tweet that came from uh, Brittany Berger. It's, she's at that B Berger, or no, at that B Berg. It's <laughs> a great handle. Um, the whole if NYC sky looked like the West Coast people would care more narrative forgets that earlier this year, New York city was using trucks as morgues while the rest of the country questioned whether the debts mattered and still apparently hasn't learned to wear a mask. You're on the West coast. What are your thoughts on that? So is this person saying that people are claiming that, Oh, it, people would care more about the fires if it was happening in New York. Is that essentially what this boils down to? Yes. That's how I'm, um, I'm perceiving it. I, I think people, I mean, I hope people care. I don't get the impression that people don't care because it's happening out here. Yeah. Uh, do you get that impression? Because I being here, I don't get that impression. I don't get like, um, you know, that seems like, that seems like an, maybe that's like a native, like LA mindset thing. Like, I don't know, like, oh, New York City. But like, you know, I don't know. It's, um, it's hard because like, you know, LA, New York are obviously like the two major, cities no offense to all the other great cities around you know the country but like, no offense you're not us um, you know it's just uh I don't know it's weird uh, I don't feel that way I don't I don't think so I mean I don't think so either I feel like a lot of attention goes to these fires what it feels like is 
at this point, every couple of months, it feels like there's another fire that's occurring, forest fire, either like along the West Coast, like even up towards like, even in like Montana, I know that like they've suffered really bad from these things too. So I don't perceive it that way, but I also like, we also know that what we put in our social media realm, like what we seek is what we get more of. So I just don't know if like, I just have people who are more sympathetic to these things in my feeds, but I don't, I don't know. I I don't perceive it as like, I, I also think it's like kind of a shitty comparison to make because it's like, you're literally comparing dead bodies in a morgue in New York city. Cause New York city obviously did get hit very, very bad coronavirus yeah. to a burning sky. Like it's, it's almost like pick your poison well, and compare the poison. It, it is. Kind of it is. Up. Yeah. It's just two different types of poison. It's honestly very interesting because, uh, you know, the two cities themselves are very different, right? Like when I first moved here, like the reason that I didn't immediately fall into like a depression, like a lot of my other friends that had, you know, transplanted from New York was because I didn't compare the two cities because they are not comparable. They are two completely different big cities and you cannot you know, if you compare, that's a great way to be miserable. And like with this, it's just kind of like, well, don't compare like atrocities. That's Mm -hmm. even, you know, like, it's like, you're comparing, like, you're right, it's pick your poison, like dead bodies to like, yes, the smoke isn't like it has taken lives, the fires and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is more of like, this is going to probably be like a long term effect thing here you know, people get sick, like LA has like one of the worst air qualities just in general, because of all the, 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 the car traffic and like mm. the smog. Yeah. Like you're, you're, when you have a car here, like, I mean, from I know what I know from my friends, cause this bitch still don't drive. Um, but you know, you have to get like, your car has to go for smog tests and there's like a special thing. Like it's a whole thing here because the pollution, the air is already so bad. So like the fires are not definitely not helping that situation, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think I, I know that that's not what the tweet is saying. No, but, but I, I mean, yeah, it didn't sit well with me either. So I, I get that. It, it was, it's just weird. Like it took me a minute. Like I, when you sent this to me, I read it a couple of times. I was like, oh, basically they're saying that like everyone only cares about atrocities that happen in New York, which I think is not true. Um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. It definitely didn't sit well with me at all. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care for it either. I definitely think, I also just love that you said that it's really hard to compare the two. Cause I often find that a lot of people still continue to try granted. Yes. I'm very biased. Like I will always say East coast, like best coast, what like, or I, yeah, I mean, I actually say East coast, beast coast, but beast coast. Yeah. Like that's what I say. So I don't, I obviously am a little biased, but I don't think it's fair to like compare one culture to another. And that to me is, I always hate the pinning, the constant like clashing that the two always has to have. And I'm obviously there's a lot of like uh, media influence as to like why the West coast versus East coast thing exists to begin with. Um, I mean, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, obviously I, if you ask me, I'm always going to say New York is the better city. Obviously I live in Los Angeles Um, I live in Los Angeles because, and there are things that I love so much. I could give you like a list of things I love about living in LA right now, you know, like just in general, like it was, I'm so happy I got to come out here and I got to live out here, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but you know, I don't, I think you're right. I think they do. The media definitely does do a lot of comparison. They try to like, and you know what? I'm also grateful because like, I'm grateful that I got to be born and raised in Brooklyn, in New York city, because that's something that even if I decide to live most of my time in LA, like I, no one can take that away yep. from me. And like in, like, I always have New York, you know, yep. I like this past Valentine's day, uh, the tattoo shop by my house was doing a special <laughs> and they were like, you can get any name you want tattooed in a heart. And I'm super superstitious and I don't fucks with that. Yep. But the name I got, what did I get tattooed? I got NYC because it's the only thing I would never regret yep. getting tattooed yep. inside of a heart. I love, um, I love that. Yeah, I also love that you said that because I feel the same exact way, like, especially when I think about like having kids someday, right? I'm always like, mm-hmm. fuck, how, how is, how am I going to instill in my child so much of what like just being raised in Brooklyn gave me inherently that I think like yeah. makes me a better person and better prepared for like the world as is the world. Like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> 
someone I was like talking to recently had said to me, like, why are you like, basically they called me kind. And I was like, Oh, I've never been called that in my entire life. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> like I remember t- I actually texted Kristen and I was like, would you call me kind? And she was like, it's not a top three word I would use for you. Maybe like top 20. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. So they, they were like, well, why do you think people like, I'm like, cause I'm not kind. Like, if you don't know me, I'm not kind to you. And that is a hundred percent that comes from that Brooklyn mentality is like, you're not, you can be nice to someone, but you don't ever go out of your way and be kind to someone because they're going to then see you as weak and they're going to write, like, they're going to then take advantage of you or you're then going to be like preyed on and like beat up and taken advantage of, right? Like all those, those things. And granted, I, yes, I am kind. All of my friends would say I'm very kind to them. Like Coley, you would say I'm. I would say that. Thank you. Yeah. Kristen, again, Kristen didn't not say I was kind. She just said it wasn't a top three word for me. Um, <laughs> but it just, I think, how do I instill like that thick skin that my child is going to need for this world without raising them? And I can't, re- I don't personally think I can raise them in Brooklyn. Like that's what I also think is kind of like, weirdly romantic about it all like I romanticize it in my brain is because it's like how beautiful it was for what it was when it was yeah but it's not that anymore it's I I don't I think every well that's the thing it's like it'll it always renews itself to Mm -hmm. me you know like right now I'm romanticizing going home a lot because I can't yeah so you know that's gonna be like a big deal when I go home I joke that I'm gonna kiss the streets but then I'm like "Mm, I'll get sick (laughs) but um yes you will you know you sure will uh but you know i i can't wait it gives me something to look forward to you know honestly if i had all the money in the world like you know some of these wealthy people that live out here in la i would be by coastal and uh i would i would spend the fire season in new york because fall in new york is oh god it's just beautiful yeah and uh i would spend winters on from the east coast in la and that's what i would do but i'm not in that position I mean, listen, if you got the money, I mean, homegirl does not have the money right now, nor I don't foresee myself having that kind of money anytime soon. I'm also kind of surprised but... you didn't say with all the money in the world, you wouldn't buy the Mets. <laughs> oh, 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 don't get me wrong. I would 100% buy the Mets. See, okay, here's another thing that I'm torn about because like coming back to New York as I right now, I keep saying like, I think I will eventually like when I put down roots, I will put them down in New York because I just want to be that old lady with Mets season tickets, you know? The one that sits on like Don't we all? the third baseline. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, we have one more thought though for this week. Cause you, I love that you always get requests from people. No one ever yes, asks. Yes. Um, uh, well, so it's not really requests. It was more of like, you know, as more and more people are listening to this podcast a lot, like especially like a lot of my friends, um, they've like asked a lot of questions just like, oh, is this like associated with New York? You know, like I sent you like one of the episodes we did, like the bagel or the pizza, right? Like, like mm, I keep getting yeah. a lot of these. One of them had asked me, a few of them actually had asked me, and even when I first moved to New England at all, a lot of people would say like, oh, you're from Brooklyn, like Junior's Cheesecake. And I would be like, mm. what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so <laughs> I was like, I got to ask Cola this because I don't actually know. No, did did you ever associate growing up like the like the iconic dessert of New York City, like where the iconic New York like dessert of Brooklyn was Junior's cheesecakes? I didn't think we really had a dessert. Like, I mean, I guess like New York cheesecake, Italian cheesecake has always been like my favorite, mm-hmm. and like that's what I think of when you think of like cheesecakes. But like, I don't specifically think of Junior's, and like I'm seeing where Junior's is now because I went to college like around that area. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't like, I never thought of that. Like, that's not like, that's not like L and B's, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like, I've, I've had like probably like two or three people bring it up to me. And I'm like, and the only time I had ever heard of juniors was when I was in college and my roommate who was from like, like upstate New York came, like, obviously I went to school in Queens. She was like, oh my God, I can't wait to try the original juniors cheesecake. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like. I had no idea what she was even talking about. And I was a, ju- I was, I was a, maybe I wasn't a junior in college. Maybe I was, maybe I was a sophomore in college. Like, so yeah, I was almost 19, 20 years old. And I was like, how did I grow up in Brooklyn and have no idea what juniors is? But and I feel like, I tried asking my dad too. And my dad was like, oh yeah, like 
because it, it so it's in downtown was the original one which is where our dads were right. really similar to each other he like knew of it but I was like to me that is not and I think it's also because I think it's because it's like we're Italian and we grew up with like quality desserts at our fingertips or like any any bakery like around us was going to give us like a quality like cookie or cheesecake or whatever the fuck we wanted so it's like yeah we didn't go all the way down to decalb avenue for that when i was a kid uh they had the saint anthony bakery which was up the block from me where i could actually oh no i had to cross a couple streets i realized but still my grandmother would kept trying to send me there and again i would be like i cannot cross the street i'm four <laughs> but i uh, but that always had like the best like fresh cookies and like biscotti mm. and like the other bakery I would think of is like Villabate on 18th Avenue Yeah, is the other one. Yeah. Um, or, um, oh God, what was the one? There was one by, by, by where we went to high school too. I remember getting a box of cookies from there one day Salander. and then walking oh. all the way. Oh, Rimini. Oh, Rimini. I was like, hold on. Salandari yeah. no Rimini. Rimini. Yeah, they were really great. I got a box of cookies there once and walked all the way to Bay Ridge with one of our friends. <laughs> Kristen, just, Kristen worked there for a whole day and immediately quit like four hours in. She, you'll have to have her on to tell you that story. But yeah, I actually, oh they make, um, they actually make gluten-free cookies because so here's like a really cool, like, well, for me, it worked out really, really well. A lot of Italian cookies are so easy to make gluten-free because of the almond flour and the almond paste. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so there's a lot of like a lot of cookie recipes that are already gluten free because of that in Italian, like in like in Italian cookies. Um, so they make gluten free cookies, and so of course my dad, who when I tell him like, Dad, yes, just get me like two or three cookies, will bring home a pound of cookies because he doesn't. I mean, you got he doesn't he doesn't hear. Well, and he always says to me, he's like, Yeah, for, you know, for you to have, for you to have. I'm like, Bro, how? Many- I, I, I'm not going to eat all these cookies in a week. Like, like stop trying to force feed me gluten-free cookies. Just because I wish I said him, just because it's there, doesn't mean you need to eat it, but try explaining how food eating habits to an Italian is like trying to fucking talk to a wall. I was going to say like, I'm very much guilty of that because it's there. I will eat it. Like this past weekend, my girlfriend and I made gluten-free chocolate chip cookies and I, she was like, take some home. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to eat them all one day. She's like, you'll be fine. Like, so I take a little baggie home. I legit ate them all that night yep. while I was watching the football game. Yep. And then I forgot that I ate them all. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, I want a cookie with my coffee. And I was looking, like seriously looking where I had put them and then remembered <laughs> that I had eaten them all the night before. We need to um, We need to do a whole episode on our food eating habits and what we were conditioned growing up. Uh yeah. But it's not it's not this episode. This episode we're actually doing. Cole and I are so excited. And I know, Dad, if you're listening, you're gonna be so hyped for this one. We're doing Brooklyn games, street games growing up. Uh the things that we played to occupy ourselves because not everybody on my block growing up had cable, although we did. We did. Not everybody did though. But uh we we had the stolen cable box. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Uh, we could say that now because we're not stealing cable anymore. Please do not come after me. Uh, yeah. So not everybody on our block had cable, but also like that was just a normal habit growing up. I'm sure Cola, you can, you can like kind of chime in on this one, but it was like, you don't stay in the house. You go outside and you fucking play. Like, yeah. And it's, it's so funny because my, I was always so bummed because my block didn't have like a ton of kids on it. Like it had two uh, I grew up on, with like two kids on my block and they were older than me. They were both boys and they were both named uh, Michael. And it was like big Michael and little Michael. And those are the kids I used to remember playing with when I was growing up. But uh, yeah, there's like, and it's interesting because, you know, there's, you play like in the street or, you know, and it just sounds like insane, but it's kind of like, you know, until the street light comes on, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you can stay. And then you can go home. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, my block, didn't, yeah. we didn't have a, a ton of kids on our block either. What Really what it was, was uh, across the street, there were um, my neighbors, like Grant, no nephews, nephews were actually, actually they're like still best friends with my brother. Uh, they were around our age. My cousins lived right next door and I was one of four. So we like always had enough people to get like a good game of something going. I mean, I lived right across the street from the schoolyard. So it was almost like perfect between the street, 
play inside the gate. Like, I don't know if you had that rule, like you weren't allowed to leave the gate. If you were going to play, you had to play inside the gate. Um, or like, if you were going to cross the street, you had to like yell to your mom that you were going to cross the street. I, I had to do that. Or I had to yell car to acknowledge that I saw the car coming. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I, we didn't have a gate at the front of my house, but it was like the, the stoop. Yeah. So it's like, you can have people come over and sit on the stoop yep. or you can go sit on Mike's stoop down the block, but you can't like go around the corner. You can't like, right. you know, yep. uh, you were only allowed to hang out on certain people's fucking stoops. Isn't that incredible? Um, all right. Yeah. So what was your, what were your favorite games? So mine, the first one that always comes to mind is stoop ball that my dad taught me how to play, mm-hmm. but then I think he immediately regretted it because um, that's a great way to damage every parked car on your block. Um, how do you play? And stoop ball. Yeah. So you have like the blue or the pink Spalding balls mm-hmm. that you can buy for like a dollar at the bodega. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically throw it at your stoop. So if you hit the first step, it's a single. If you hit the second step, it's a double. Mm-hmm. If you hit the third step, it's a triple. And then fourth step, the top step, most of these stoops had three to four steps. Yep. Um, and so you throw it as hard as you can at one of the steps. Uh, and then, of course, the ball would bounce back and everybody playing would try to catch it mm-hmm. on the fly. Yep. If you caught it on the fly, then that was an out. Yep. Yep. Uh, and of course, it's similar to baseball, like three outs. Um, and then... If, uh, I don't remember if I might be confusing it with another game. I don't think you had to run to the stoop. I think it was more so that depending on what step you hit, that was like the score. You're thinking of a uh, wall ball when you have to run. I am ball. thinking of, yeah. Yes. You run to the yes. wall and that's when, that's when you're safe. Um, yep. Not, not if not, you got to get pegged. Yep. Then you, yeah. get hit with, you get hit with that little tiny blue ball. Yeah. Which honestly hurts a lot oh yeah it fucking um, hurts like a bitch those are actually i think that's so funny you mentioned that because i don't think before tonight i've ever seen one of those balls like outside of a house in brooklyn or like my family's house right like where we work yeah i've never seen that in any other person's house like in my whole life especially outside of new york <laughs> yeah no i um it's crazy but uh but yeah so that uh so once the balls are like in normally like if you're throwing it as hard as you can against the stoop like it's gonna go flying <laughs> so like unless the kid is like six feet tall yep. like no one's catching that on the fly and you are just have to <laughs> you gotta try not to hit the cars on your block which is like almost impossible and i think after my dad taught me it he like really regretted it because then he was like concerned about damaging all the cars including his own uh <laughs> that were on the block so but i always loved that one because it was like baseball we never i never broke uh did we okay yeah that's such a that's not true true my brothers actually did wind up breaking the window of a house on the street <laughs> playing some games so i was gonna say they worry for nothing like what are the odds that actually ever happens but then i just realized that my brothers actually uh they did and my parents made them pay to replace the window uh through their allowance that's that's really funny um mine was scully yeah i didn't so tell me about this because i actually this was not a street game that i grew up playing uh and it sounds really cool because it's in fires involved well yes well to some degree fire (laughs) is involved so scully was like a game growing up that so in order to play you needed to have your own scully cap and everybody designed their own scully cap and the way you did this was through like um like so yes, a beer bottle, but also back then, like Pepsi still had like their glass bottles and things like that. So you took the cap, like those metal caps off one of those bottles and you would melt crayon to like design your Scully cap or like you, mac- you melt the wax. So I was telling you before, this is where fire comes into play. I was so little, I wasn't allowed to obviously play with fire, but because I was also the youngest, I wasn't. I would, I had to be like, I had to wait my turn to play for everything, right? Like I couldn't always play with my brothers and sisters and their friends because I was too young, blah, blah, blah. So when it was finally like, I was quote unquote old enough to get my own Scully cap and play with them. I was so excited. My siblings like were melting the wax and the crayons for me. So I got to design my own Scully cap. So basically what you do is you create a big giant box, like through chalk on your like street is really where we played, even though I guess again, not the safest, but we could also just need, you just need like a big patch of concrete pavement, essentially. 
and uh, you draw you draw boxes one through thirteen throughout the square, like in certain like measures. There's like a specific map for it, and the concept was that you essentially like flick your scully cap so everybody starts on one, and the idea is to get to box thirteen in sequential order, but you only get like one flick is essentially like you have to flick it into the next box, and the boxes aren't are kind of like the numbers are written not not in sequential order it's like throughout the boxes so like one can be in like the bottom right corner but you know two can be in the top left corner right so they're not all next to each other so it makes it a little bit more difficult but essentially your challenger or anybody else in the game can knock your scully out and then they immediately move up a whole box so if they're at box two and hit your cat and you can they automatically get bumped to box three and they can still complete their turn so it was always hella competitive. Like we would get in a lot of trouble um, playing the game just because it would get so goddamn competitive, especially if like my dad decided to play with us or something like that. Like <laughs> it was, that was like always my favorite game, but that's mostly just because I got to design my Scully cap and I made it pink and purple where the crayons I melted. And I was, oh my God, I, love I know it. I was so excited. I thought I was so cool. I actually don't actually remember playing the game. I just remember holding my Scully cap. <laughs> do you do you save any of them do you still have somewhere my mom actually when we she was moving out found a few of them like in like a plastic baggie and she also found a note this is really funny she found a note under the kitchen sink uh that my brother and sister had taped and it was a contract where my brother agreed to give my sister a certain amount of money of his allowance if she did something for him and I was oh the witness. I was the witness, and they made me sign my name. But I was like seven years old and didn't know how to sign my name. So it was just basically my scribble. But it was taped to under the kitchen sink, and my mom was like sorting, like going through all of our stuff. And she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And it's like it was literally there for like twelve years, and she had no idea. Okay, so wait, tell me this because this sounds like some shady shit that my sister and I would do too, <laughs> and like. Was it taped under the sink because that's the kind of thing? Because I know if like my sister and I had done something like that and my father or my mom would have found it, like they would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yep. Like, what are you doing? You don't treat your sister that way. Yep. Like, yep. so it was, is, there. was it under there to like hide yep. or? Yep, it was under there to hide and also to like keep the other one honest because it's like a place that my mother <laughs> often was. So like if the other one went to go look for it and like rip it up, my mother would be like, what are you doing? And then the other, they'd both get in trouble. So and, and somehow they st- they also still got yelled at for making me write like, why'd you make your sister do this? Like sign the, <laughs> sign the fucking, my name, even though it really was just like a bunch of scribbles. Like, cause again, I didn't know what its signature oh, was. Um, they're, they were like on top of it too. They're like, well, this is a legal document. Yes, it's binding. They we were, they were. And they even wrote like, I insert name promise to pay this amount of money it had like the dollar sign and then the amount written out like this was like a very well did your did your sister drop this did your sister drop this contract she sure did yeah i didn't even need to like i knew she yeah she sure did i think it was over like like my sister oh i remember my sister okay so you remember like the electric toothbrushes like like when they first came out like yeah really nice ones like the oral b like she got one for Christmas and my brother wanted one of the pieces, like, like one of the extra heads, like, and they changed the colors, like, so you can have like your own color. So he was going to pay yeah. my sister for it. And he had to make sure it was still like charged and he didn't break it. If he did, if by using it, he broke it, he then owed my sister. Like, that is yeah. so funny. Wow. That was actually, your sister. Yeah. What a gem, isn't she? That's- Oh my god, I love her. This is the best. I love that story. Our creative director. Okay, yeah, our creative director. Um, but yes, so that would have what I would say is probably my favorite game. Did you you said Buck Buck before, and my dad mentioned Buck Buck. Okay, so Buck Buck, and I should honestly look this up to make sure. I think we did look it up like last week just to make sure this is the one we were thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um but I just always thought this was so funny because anytime I explain Buck Buck to people that I meet out here in LA or just people that are not from New York, mm-hmm. uh, they look at me like I'm fucking insane. And honestly, that look is priceless. And I will continue to explain what Buck Buck is just to get that reaction. Yes. Because I'm like, Buck Buck is a game because they always tell me about like games they played growing up in their suburb towns and whatever. And I'm just like, oh yeah, well, we played Buck Buck <laughs> where you run full speed at a brick wall. Um, and essentially... 
And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Buck Buck is that game where you run at the wall and then you like kind of crouch over and then someone runs right after you and tries to jump on your back and you're essentially just stacking up yes. against the wall, like on each other's backs and you have to try not to fall over, which is so fucking dangerous. Yes. Like yes. on multiple levels. Um, but children's spines <laughs> are very malleable, I assume, because no one ever got a spinal injury. Yeah, there's a version. So I we looked it up. There's a version of the game is played when one player climbs on another player's back and then the climber guesses the number of certain objects out of sight. Oh, I totally forgot. See, we were playing it all wrong. We just wanted to hurt each other, I think. Yeah, I was like, I because I remember I was like, why? what was the whole point of it? Like some people, it kind of looks like, like frog like the like frog jumps right like we're trying to leap over someone frog. But the whole yeah. point is, is that you're kind of building a bridge of human bodies on each other's back yeah um so dangerous very dangerous yeah my my dad mentioned it and i was like oh maybe that's a cola thing because i don't remember playing buck buck i remember playing wall ball where you run at the wall like after you yeah. you throw the the little what are they called spaldines what do you call them yeah yeah spaldine balls right spaldine balls yeah i i that sounds familiar. I don't. I don't use it in my everyday vernacular. I'm so sorry. I gotta, I gotta look it up now just to make sure. I don't want to be lying to our listeners. Um. But yeah, I never really. I never really played that one. I honestly like. I would say like more common besides the scullies for us were stick ball, wiffle ball, and then like you said box ball, but I don't know if I ever played box ball. Stick ball obviously is like just baseball with a stick and then one of those Spaldine balls. Um. And then wiffle ball is from basically it's it's similar baseball, but for us we would um, we would play in the literally in the middle of the street or in the schoolyard, um, yeah. And we would use like one of those plastic outdoor seats, you know what I mean? That like that like sit outside in the rain, like or sit outside on a deck, and or that just like what people like kept on their porches. That was what our strike room yeah. was. Um, and my brothers would tape the top of their wiffle ball to give it more like weight to really like yeah like make sure the ball went far oh yeah because you can't throw that like wiffle balls are like that's supposed to be like lobbed but yeah yes. people want to throw that like it's a fucking baseball yep yep so that was always more popular for us stick ball was really more popular i think with my my dad but we we like i kind of remember playing that in the schoolyard but what about you stick yeah stick ball you had to have like a broom handle to play that um yep. and my my grandmother really didn't like me fucking with her brooms. Um, she got real mad. One time I told her I was bored and she told me to go sweep the yard. Um, you know, my brother actually just said that this weekend. He's like, worst things a kid can say to you, a parent is I'm bored in our household. Like they would have, yeah, we would have things for you to do. It was always to clean though. And oh, I'm yeah. just like, Oh my God. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So we didn't play stick. I didn't, I don't think there were enough kids. Like sometimes if I went to like my friend's house and they had a lot of kids on their block, like we would play like stick ball or wiffle ball. Um, and again, you play with the the pink or the blue Spalding high bounce balls, mm -hmm. which is very hard to hit. Um, but if you do that will go far on oh, like yeah. the wiffle ball because, um, yeah, but you. that will hurt you yeah, as, right. as we know. Yeah. Um, but uh, my dad taught me box ball after he taught me stoop ball because he's like, this will damage less things. Um, <laughs> this is safer. And then you just need one of those, again, those bouncy like blue or pink Spalding balls. And you uh, look at like two, there's like, you know, the streets in New York have like the, the slabs of cement are like kind of broken mm -hmm. up into like little squares on the sidewalk. So you essentially, you're just like kind of using the middle line that separates two of the squares as like almost like a tennis mm -hmm, net. Mm -hmm. And you're just supposed to bounce it, like use the palm of your hand and hit the ball into the other person's box. And you're essentially just playing tennis mm -hmm. uh, just between these two like little boxes on the cement on the sidewalk. Um, and that was like fun and exciting. Uh, you basically took up the whole sidewalk. So if people were walking down the street, you'd have to like, you know, get out of their way or, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I always liked playing that because that I my dad would play that with me because he's like this seems safer. Um, That's awesome. I'm I don't remember but, playing that one, but I do remember hearing about it. I don't know if I actually ever played it. Then uh, yeah, I would say well, our favorite. Well, yes. maybe I don't know is no, the is. one that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is right. Yeah, Manhunt is our favorite. Manhunt's the best. Yes. Uh, which so this is 
people you mentioned it before and I was like yeah people do easily get confused Manhunt is not it's like hide and go seek sure but like to the umpteenth degree and it's also traditionally played when the sun goes down for some reason gotta play at night we have to play at night uh and it is the whole concept of it is that everybody you you try to have as many people as possible whereas like hide and go seek you play like a little bit smaller and basically nothing is off limits as to where you are being hunted so like we set like a range like a radius right like you can't go further than this block or this block and like these three things are off limits right like you can't be uh in someone's like backyard that you don't know and you can't like things like that like you had like weird boundaries but like yeah hiding under cars like that was like usually my go-to like dangerous so fucking dangerous and at night and at night and the whole concept was what you were trying to blend in and not be found so you were essentially wearing like people would wear like dark clothes to like blend in with shit more and i literally am just like how did i not ever get run over by a car also, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, which, by the way, you brought up Manhunt, which I haven't thought about in forever, mm-hmm. but now I'm at the point where I'm like, hey, when I come home, let's play Manhunt. <laughs> um, you know, Manhunt at 30 seems safe. Um, so, uh, but I, seriously, that was like my favorite part of the summer. It was, yes, you had to wait till it was dark out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're correct. We would pick like between like 72nd Street and 74th Street, like these, between these avenues, like you can't go and you can't hide outside of that radius. And was it not that one team hides and then the other, everyone on the other team looks for the opposite team? So we played where someone was it. And then once they started finding people, you collectively created your team. Okay. Last man was, or last person standing really won. But like, if the team found everybody, then the original it person won. Like the original it team won. So it's like, yeah. Yes, to some degree, it's survival of the fittest, but, like, you wanted to be the last one standing because you wanted to be the one who won. Like, you didn't want to be a part of the it team and win because, like, that means you got caught. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always, like, uh, yeah. See, it's, like, hide and seek to the extreme, which is why it's better. Right. Because, like, you say hide and seek and you think of, like, all right, let's go to the park and play hide and seek. You know, like, but, like, city kids are just like, we're going to wait till it gets fucking dark and dangerous, and then we're going to go hide in the shadows. I think of hiding in, like, closets in the house to scare my nieces and nephews. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, exactly. I, have you ever tried to hide in, like, a shadow? Because I've literally tried that playing Manhunt. Yes, it's very, it's, it's like, very anxiety-inducing, but also, like, not easy. Did you play with flashlights? No. Hell no. Okay, I remember... I remember um, a conversation not that long ago where someone mentioned like, oh yeah, we played that, but we used flashlights. And I was like, what? That seems like... That's like cheating. I was going to say, that feels like cheating. But I I mean, I just I just looked it up and apparently like there are some variations where you play with flashlights. I mean, that's cool. I remember, I'll never forget this one time I was playing, it was my friend's like graduation party and we were all playing, the radius was really small. It was just her block. Mm-hmm. And I like, in somebody's backyard which mind you I know like you're not supposed to technically I didn't know anybody on this block anyway so I just like would fucking go hide in like people's like stairwells like going down to their basements <laughs> and like hope that they didn't like come out of the house yeah um so th- I went into this person's backyard and I guess when the person who was searching like came in like the the light went on like you know like the light sensor so the light goes on and I am like in full view and they're like Christina's right there and I was like oh my god and like another thing with Manhunt is like once they see you you can still get away like it's not like I saw you like you're it like you can run and like hide like under a car or hide somewhere else oh yes you're not caught they have to catch you like physically grab you so I was like oh my god so I was like I was like 13 at the time so I was like I'm gonna try and jump the fence um so I tried to jump and it was just like it wasn't that high but I'm not that tall and like it's like one of those classic like you know chain fences that are in people's backyards yeah. you know and my pants of course got caught like at the top of the fence and I couldn't like I didn't rip them but like I was just like stuck and like there was just no use and like I wasn't gonna get away after I got stuck so I just let let them take me in oh my god I love that but look at you look at the commitment you ripped your whole pants for that 
I didn't rip my pants. They just got stuck. That was the only bright side. Oh, well, you almost ripped your pants for that. That's different. I'm, I'm like very competitive and Manhunt just like really like brought that out. I, oh my God. I would like be booking it down the street to try and catch people. Like, yeah, I, I loved I loved it. It was always funny when it was like just as the sun was going down too. And that's when all your friends were like, and it, it was always, obviously it's in the summer. Like that's because you had all the time in the world and it didn't matter what time you went to bed really. Um, but I remember like hearing the scream of like, man, hunt, like, yo, everybody come out. Like just at like that time yeah. at night, just to, that's when you would like, it was like kind of like a, like a call of the wild, if you will. Like everybody it's- knew what it was and you just all came running for it. You, that is 100% correct. I almost forgot about that. And you reminded me that like when you started the game, you said manhunt, manhunt, one, two, three. Yep. And, and everyone would like yep. booked it to go hide. And oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Everybody. That's insane. It. Yep. You're taking me back right now. <laughs> uh, I know. Too. I'm just like, why don't we play manhunt anymore? Do you know what you just also reminded me of randomly? Because they also would start sometimes during block parties. Did you have a lot of block parties no. around you? So no, because my my block, like I said, didn't have that many kids on it. So mm-hmm. it was just me and the kids down the street. But uh, I used to go to like my friend's block parties and I was always so jealous because I was like, oh God, I want to have a block party, you know? like That is uh, very much just a Brooklyn thing. Like they don't exist yet. They don't really exist. I mean, okay, I should really say like five boroughs type thing. But yeah, like yeah. They, didn't, they, don't, they don't exist outside. I've like asked people before, like and people are like Wait. what the fuck are you talking about because really blocks don't exist like cool think about it they don't really like the homes especially like where i live now in new england like they're so spread out like you know what i mean like our homes are on top of each other like there's a block full of houses you got bodies on that, that block. Is, like that is so crazy you know I, I that literally never occurred to me like i just assumed wow if you would have brought that up to me like i mean you're, i guess you're bringing it up now but like <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's so weird to me. Like block parties were the thing. Like you got uh you got the permit, first of all, you have to get a permit to do it. Mm. They close the street off for like a day, right? And then uh you get like the DJ comes until like maybe he's like from like three to six, and then you got like any other entertainment. Sometimes it was like one of those blow-up fucking castles, those disgusting little disease dens, but uh there so there are other places like apparently but it's very different because it's like for them it's like street fairs which for us is feasts right like we have giant feasts very very different a lot of places will have street fairs but we're talking about block parties and so apparently it's because block parties are reported as a world war one innovation innovative originating from the east side of new york city where an entire block was roped off and patriotic songs sung and a parade held to hold uh to honor the members of the block who had gone off to war so yeah it is very very much and that would explain why like so many of them happen around like memorial day or fourth of july and that does actually make yeah. more sense um but yeah it is it originated in new york city so it is very much a new york city thing that is wild i love that yeah. i love that so much look um but i also threw in a fun fact this episode I love that. Uh, we need to, you just reminded me, we should do an episode on the San Gennaro Feast. And uh, and the 18th Avenue Feast. And the 18th Avenue Feast, because that's how you knew summer was over. Yes. It was those two feasts. Yes. Um, yes, we definitely need to do, because that was like the spot. Like, yeah. I don't even want to go into it that much right now, because yep. like, I'm so hyped about it. And we can talk about um, our favorite booths. And if anybody listening, uh, like, knows what we're talking about, like, please let us know some of your favorite booths and stands, because yeah. that was like... yeah. That's that was probably one of my favorite things. I do miss the San Gennaro feast so 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 much. Oh. The San Gennaro, that oh god, the sausage and peppers. Just let me chef's kiss. Let me die in a pile of sausage and peppers. Lucy's sausage and peppers. But yeah, we'll we'll do oh. we'll, we'll do a whole episode on on that. We'll we'll get into it. But yeah, but if anybody's listening, please let us know um, what your thoughts on the feast or your favorite parts of the feast are. We'll uh, we'll try to incorporate it. Also, still any. Any people that might be listening that know an Italian man that uh, Cole and I can interview for my my life's research, please also direct me towards them. I actually sat really, really hard these last 48 hours trying to think of if I knew anyone that is like an Italian man that grew up like in a Catholic household that like would be willing to talk to me. 
We're still on the hunt. So think of this as like our bachelor, but yeah. not that at all. I put it on our Instagram. I said, this is the only time Cole and I will yeah. ever say it's okay for you to slide into our DMs. So yep, I saw it. Please, please. I promise we'll be, well, I'll be nice to you. I can't promise Cole will ever be nice to you, but I will be really, I'll really be nice. I'll be I'm really very nice. nice. I'll be really nice to you. And I will send you a gift card for something. I don't want to send nobody fucking gift cards. This is why I said I would be nice to you and I can't <laughs> promise that Cole would be nice. Well, there's a difference between being nice and just fucking giving gift cards away. <laughs> what is this? CVS? Okay, you sound just like your dad when you responded. <laughs> the way you just responded. Um, but all right, let's let's get out of here. Do you have any other thoughts? No, this was great. This I was enjoyed so- reminiscing. Same, same. All right, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm Anna. I'm Cola. And we're two bras from Brooklyn. Have a good one.